In November of 2020, uh, Bill Offer, who was a grounds supervisor at Boulder Point Golf Club, received an alert that an errant driver was stuck on his golf course. Bill thought that he would come across another wayward golf cart somewhere off the beaten path near one of his holes. But what he found was actually quite a surprise. An Amazon delivery van was actually completely wedged and stuck in one of his golf cart tunnels. And though embarrassed, <laughs> the driver was injury-free, and the driver simply said this, my GPS told me to turn there. <laughs> you can go online and see, and this van is like really wedged into this golf cart tunnel. And so there he sat, helpless, stuck, with no way out on his own, waiting for a tow truck to come in, wench him out. Wayward, stuck in a bind, with no way out on your own, waiting for someone to help. Does that sound familiar? Of course it does. It's also the setting today for Psalm 25. The speaker is really in a bad place. A bad place in his life physically and emotionally and mentally and even spiritually. He has lost his way. And his heart is just saturated with distress. And his nation <laughs> is just in a mess of troubles. And yet errant, stuck, in a bind, with no way out on his own, waiting on the Lord, David prays this dangerous prayer. Lord, make me to know your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your faithfulness and teach me. What we have here is not just some kind of warm-up exercise. Nor is it a gentle walkthrough the day before a big game. But this prayer is a gut-level plea to God for His direction and help and guidance. Lord, lead me. It's a total surrender to His ways and not my way, or your way, or our wants, or our desires, or our direction in life. God, you lead me, you guide me, 
You direct me to go wherever you want me to go and to become whoever you want me to become. Reminds me of something I used to do more when I was a little younger, and that was downhill skiing. Uh, not just a couple times in Michigan, uh, Boyne Mountain growing up, but then when I taught high school for two years in the Vail Valley of Colorado, we would often ski Beaver Creek or Arrowhead. And one of the interesting things that was always fascinating to see on the slopes was there was almost always at least one ski instructor or guide, and that guide had a rope, kind of like this, around his or her waist, and then behind the guide was one, two, or even three little ones with skis on, kind of Bambi on ice, <laughs> making their way down the mountain. But they had complete trust in the guide for where they would say to turn, to stop, or to go. <laughs> you could see their little hands just holding on tight. It's the same picture for us. In Psalm 25, Lord, lead me. Lord, you are my guide. You are my ski instructor. And by faith, I am holding on to this rope really tight. And I surrender all control over to your lead. And I will follow where you turn and where you stop. And when you say go, even if it's a green <laughs> or a blue or even a treacherous double black diamond, Lord, lead me. How could David pray such a dangerous prayer and trust God so completely to be his guide? He explains in the next part of verse 5, O oh Lord, make me know your ways, teach me your paths, lead me in your faithfulness and teach me, here's why, for you are the God of my salvation. What's the basis for David's trust, for his dangerous prayer? It's who God is, that he is the God of our salvation. David looked forward to the promise of the coming Messiah in Jesus Christ. We look back at the Messiah and his death and his resurrection. And if God has taken care of our greatest need, being the God of our salvation, we can trust him in every other area of life. Pray. Lord, lead me. This was the hardest part of my message preparation. But I want to share with you six Bible verses 
that just proclaim the greatness of our God. And, and talk about having a hard time keeping it to just six. But we'll start in Exodus 34. Look at what the Lord reveals about himself to Moses. He says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And then Psalm 9 says, the Lord sits enthroned forever. He judges the world in righteousness. And look at Isaiah 45. God again says, I made the earth and created man on it. My hand stretched out the heavens and, and commanded all their host. And look at the next chapter of Isaiah. God promises, even to your old age, I am he. And to your gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made, I will bear, I will carry, and I will save. Similar promise to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. All seven and a half billion people on this earth right now. God knows the exact count of all the hairs on their head. Or these words of Jesus in Revelation 1. Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. As we ponder just these six verses, I have to ask you, is this the kind of God you want in your life to be your assistant or to be your co-pilot? Any of you remember those bumper stickers 20, 25 years ago? God is my co-pilot? That's just biblically wrong. If God is our co-pilot, we're in the wrong seat. Right? This is the kind of God we want in the cockpit all by himself. And it's even grace that we get to be with him in coach class, completely trusting where he is leading and guiding God, lead me. It's because of who He is that we can trust Him wherever He leads. And that includes even if we don't like where He is leading us, even if we disagree with where he is leading us. Even if we don't understand where he is leading us, remember faith holds on to that rope tight and says, okay, God, lead me. 
even if it means sticking in a marriage that feels all but broken, God, I will trust you and keep working. Or even if it's continuing to pray for that friend, that family, that son or daughter to come back to the Lord. Or if it's hoping for that job offer to finally come through that that we've been praying about for so long. Or, Or even if it's just, please, God, would you please just lift my heavy depression a little bit. It's saying, God, lead me, even if I don't understand. And look at the psalmist is so confident and trustworthy, surrendering everything to God. Look at how he ends verse 5. Even God for you, I will wait all the day. And I know there are some here who have been waiting on God, maybe for more than just a day. But for who our God is, it changes how we wait. We don't wait in some kind of stoical detachment or some kind of grim resignation. But we wait on the Lord as long as His leading takes an eager hope, an expectation because of who our God is. And in full faith, total surrender, clinching that rope tight, we are even bold to dangerously pray, God lead me. Amen.